Hi, everybody. This is Alex Torpy, your town manager here with a special spotlight episode. Uh, this past week, I had the pleasure to attend the annual conference for the International City County Management Association. This took place in Austin, Texas, with nearly 6,000 uh, local government professionals, mostly county, city, and town managers who gathered from around the country and around the world to work on every issue you could possibly imagine. I got a couple quick interviews with about a half a dozen folks that I wanted to share with you um, so you get a little bit of a flavor of what people were talking about and working on there. Now, before I get to those quick interviews, a little bit more about the conference. Um, so I was uh, also selected as one of two managers by the Municipal Management Association of New Hampshire, along with Karen Kennard, the city manager of Portsmouth, to represent our state at a four-hour in-depth session looking at the municipal manager's role in facilitating or making change in a community. So this was a deep dive into dynamics that can enable or disable local progress. I also attended a handful of other sessions, such as making engagement exciting, strategic budgeting, integrating budgeting and performance, new skills for managing difficult conversations, which was put on by Braver Angels, navigating the future of work, it's about damn time, women leading in public service, capturing and transferring institutional knowledge, and building government teams that are healthy and strong. And beyond going to and are presenting at various sessions, the fun and meaning part, meaningful part of uh, going to conferences like this I think is getting to meet tons of interesting people that are really passionate about finding ways to help their communities address some of their biggest challenges. I really enjoy sharing what I'm working on and what we're working on here in Hanover, learning about what other people are doing, and workshopping ideas that we can all take back with us to our day to day. So I wanted to bring the small slice of the conference to all of you. Uh, didn't bring back any barbecue, but I did bring back uh, a bunch of like three to four minute discussions with a number of city and town managers and other attendees from all around the country. So check out the following conversations and learn a little bit about what's happening in local government outside the Upper Valley. What will be upcoming in just a moment uh, is conversations with uh, Anna Gruber, the city manager, um, and Nikki Sweeter, the engagement director for the city of Sartell, Minnesota. Brian Platt, the city manager for Kansas City, Missouri, and a former colleague and friend from New Jersey. Nick and Josh, two young public administration students from the University of South Florida who are part of their local ICMA chapter. Dustin Stambaugh, the city administrator for Ellsworth, Kansas. Kyle Laws, the city manager for West Point, Utah. And Alicia James, the assistant town manager for Winter Park, Colorado. And Jen uh, Reichel, uh, the Deputy City Administrator for Yuma, Arizona. So uh, I hope you enjoy this little slice of the ICMA conference. All right, so we're back in the uh, Austin Convention Center, and I am here with Anna and Nikki from uh, Sartell, Minnesota. How's it going? It's going awesome. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> it's, it's good to be here. It's our first ICMA, actually, for both of us. So Okay. So yeah. wait, what brought you out here this year? Uh, we came out to present about a video series that we've been doing in Sartell um, to just try to engage with community members. We had a massive road construction project where a lot of our town was shut down. Um, and so we did a fun video series and it have kind of expanded on that, did a presentation. It was, it was a great way to just share some of the things that are going on in Sartell. So. Yeah, and I, I, I came to that session the other day and thought it was pretty cool, and there was some, some Parks and Rec parodies in oh, there, of which course. always enjoy. Always, always. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had to tie that in, of course. I take pride in being the Leslie Nope of Sartell, so <laughs> I, 
I, there's no shame there. Right. So I'm on I'm on a more of the Ben Wyatt track. I was a young mayor, fortunately uh -huh. did not bankrupt my town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now city manager, you know, it's a funny these yep. things really do play out in real life. They really do. It's yeah. it's it is. It's a little eerie. We often joke about how our mayor is Ron Swanson. So he played that part right. in our yeah. in our uh, video too. It was pretty funny. So tell folks uh, in Hanover, tell us a little bit about Sartell. What's the community like? Like describe it a little bit. Yeah, so Sartell's located along the Mississippi River, almost dead center, Minnesota. Um, we are a suburb to the St. Cloud area. So like 20,000 people kind of noted as the, the place to live in central Minnesota as far as school districts and family friendly, safe. So we have a, a originally a bedroom community. Nikki was born and raised there and so it's it you know started out really as where people lived and went to school and then they commute into St. Cloud. Now it's started to get you know bigger with industries and, and businesses but originally based off of a paper mill which then exploded in 2012. 2012. Um, and so you know redeveloping around that and really more of like a med tech professional type area now and so we both live there. Yeah lots of young families, yep. kind of that median age is that 35 year old, um, you know, so we really, everything we do kind of centers around the families in our community, all the events and, you know, all of our trail systems and everything, we always kind of have that in mind when we do things. A lot of youth sports, we're kind of known as the, we have a premier baseball uh, facility, youth baseball facility that brings in hundreds of tournaments and amateur baseball and hockey arenas and yeah, it's very, you walk, you know, you walk around and it's just, it, there's a lot of progressive youth energy in the community, so exciting. Well, I'll say, I had never been to Minnesota, but two years ago, I drove across the country, and on my way back, I spent a little bit of time uh, going through Wisconsin and Minnesota, and was camping out in some of the national forests oh, around cool. there, and loved it. It was so, it was very similar to New Hampshire, very forested, yeah. but way more lakes. It was amazing. Yeah, everywhere you go, there's a body of water. Yeah. Lakes, and there seemed to be a lot of interest in Bigfoot. <laughs> what is, is the, can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> Bigfoot and Paul Bunyan? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the obsession okay. is. Like, both like made up characters. Well, it's Jack Links, that's the, the that's beef jerky okay. company is in Minnesota, and they have now taken this the like, Bigfoot, Bigfoot thing and like and marketed run the, with it. Oh. So, the craze right now, I really feel like that was about 20 years ago, they started this Bigfoot campaign, and people are still searching for yeah. it. I don't know. I, I mean, didn't see him when I was there. I, yeah, no, no, but hey, I'm glad you got to experience some of the forest. Like, we've talked as we've been down here, I'm like, oh, this is a cool city and whatever, but like, even though it's bitterly cold in the winter, it is so, like, it is such a hidden gem in Minnesota. The green space and like forests and lakes and just how clean everything is and I don't know. I, I I'm biased because I've lived there my whole life, but it's it's a cool place. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I appreciate you sharing stuff at the uh, session yesterday and yeah. telling folks in Hanover a little bit about what's happening in. Yeah, Sartell. we'll have to come check out New Hampshire. Like I've never been there. Anytime. We it's a similar climate, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so, so that won't, so scare, I think us. That won't <laughs> scare you off. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard Big the fall snow. colors oh, up there. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. I'm actually heading back tonight, and uh, after the sort of heat and humidity here, yeah. 
I'm very much looking forward to going back to all the fall colors Us in New too. England. Yep. So, yeah, we're ready for that. Yeah. Bring it on. It was 94 in Yeah, when we left, Sunday, it's so. like Minnesota right. had a heat wave. Or it's like warmer there than here. I don't know oh, what's wow. going on. But we're ready to go back to fall colors. Yeah. It's going to cool off when we get back. We'll yeah. celebrate harsh winters and be I know it's with coming. beautiful yeah. fall I know. colors. Yeah. So I know. Anytime you want to come to New Hampshire, let me yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, you so both. Much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so I am back in the uh, convention center in Austin, and I am here with an old New Jersey uh, friend, Brian Platt. Uh, you are the business administrator in Jersey City. You're now in Kansas City, Missouri. How is it going so far? It's been great. What an interesting experience. We were just talking about uh, how different government can be between different states and the, the, the issues that you face with those different types of government. But also, what's interesting is a lot of the things that I'm doing in Kansas City, Missouri, I did in Jersey City, New Jersey. A lot of the issues that cities face are it's the same things you're talking about crime and homelessness and development and picking up trash it's all the same it's just sort of the local context that drives you to slightly different solutions sometimes it's just been a really fun experience and so tell tell us a little bit about what is Kansas City uh, like for folks that have never been there paint us a uh, word picture yeah uh, it's it's the Midwest and uh, so the people are really nice and just really uh, just good neighbors to each other uh, we're all about the Chiefs, really into those Chiefs <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes. And now I guess Taylor Swift because of the whole Kelsey connection there, uh, for those that follow. Yeah, I don't know uh, where you're... Okay, it's, uh, Google her later. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it's it's got a lot of opportunity in Kansas City. It's really interesting that it's sort of not finished its growth cycle yet. It's right. it's about to become a place where lots of people want to move and add new jobs and new companies uh, and new new buildings. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything though. You know you you can get inside Kansas City. There are people with farms and cows. There are people who live in high rise apartment buildings that are very small, and very expensive, and everything in between. It's it's a really fun mix of all those things. And what are some of the biggest projects? I know there's a lot of, it sounded like there were some sustainability and solar yeah. initiatives, which is something also that we've done a little bit in Hanover. Folks really love. What are some other things that are sort of like on the radar right now? That yeah, you're I think, on? you know, the, so I've been here just about three years, and the, the first couple of years we're just sort of getting the operation back on track, making sure we're delivering the highest quality of government services. Right. We're fixing all the complaints that you hear anywhere, potholes and plowing snow and all that stuff, fixed all that. We're doing record amount of street resurfacing now. 469 mi lane miles last year. Wow. 3.3 times more the annual average we used to do. Uh, we plow the snow now. We never used to. It was just hmm. the city would shut down for days when it snowed. Uh, things like that. Sustainability is a big focus of ours now. We're working on building one of the largest solar arrays in the United States at our airport. Uh, could be up to 500 megawatts. It's wow. on about 3,100 acres of land. Uh, we're on a course to plant 10,000 trees over the next three years. Probably more than that, actually. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of those little things the cities do, like converting our street lights to LEDs. Right, right. We have 90,000 street lights, so the scale of that conversion is the same is taking 6,000 cars off the road. Wow. It, it's a crazy impact you can have in a city of this size. And then uh, with those, so we're doing an LED conversion and we're going to have uh, the ability to control. Yeah. And so you're going to be on your phone controlling the light. We're, we're actually not there yet. Okay. We okay. just wanted to do the bulb conversion right. first just to get the dollar set. We're saving Huge. $5 million right. a year. In Incredible. It's, it's unbelievable just because we have so many streetlights. Uh, and then there will be a, a point where we probably start to think about controllers and, and all right. the other technology you can put into it. But 
yeah, uh, it's it's all those fun things that you can do at a, in a small town at such a bigger scale that the impact is just phenomenal. Right. It's 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 fun. A very good selling point for folks that are interested in getting involved in things and getting involved yeah. at the local level because the impact is so right in front of you. Yeah, and and I think people assume that someone's thought about this or done it before. Right. And I came to Kansas City and things that I did years ago in New Jersey they had not even considered yet. Hmm. Zero emissions electric uh, vehicle policy. Not no one even thought about it and we did it in Jersey City. We're doing it now in Kansas City. It, it's the little things like that 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 uh, just on a bigger scale just have so much impact. It's just it's been great. That's great. Now is there anything in particular that you were hoping to get out of the conference here? Any like particular issue you wanted to workshop out or anything like that? Yeah I think things that are top of mind homelessness that's a big issue for uh, a lot of cities. Uh, sustainability and things like you know solar arrays and all that kind of stuff I think there's just uh, for me uh, liking to pressure test all the things we're doing yeah, listening yeah. to people talk and asking questions and saying what are you doing about homelessness how are you building your solar array making sure we're not missing something I think right. that's one of the biggest benefits that I get from places like this agreed now the question on everybody's mind so we're in Texas Kansas City barbecue, Texas barbecue. <laughs> What's the, is there a? Uh... Yeah, it's different. It, okay. It's different. Uh, I actually, I obviously have to be partial to Kansas City barbecue, <laughs> but uh, even within Kansas City, there's so many different nuances to it. it it's like, it, it's funny. I got to town and I had to try them all. There are dozens of these places, and it is sort of like wine in a sense, as the people say. Where once you start to have it, you can notice the the different flavors and undertones, and and learn about how how it's made and that kind of thing. Kansas City's more sauce-based. Uh, Austin is more of a dry rub. Texas right. is more of a dry rub. Um, and, and Kansas City is more of a sweet sauce. Some of the North Carolina and other parts of the country are more of a tangy or vinegary right. kind of sauce. Uh, and, and so I, can, I enjoy and appreciate Austin and Texas barbecue, but I'm very much a fan of Kansas City barbecue. Yeah, I got to get out there and try all the different, I didn't know there Absolutely. were so many variations. Yes, I mean, you could spend a week every meal eating barbecue and still not hit them that all. That sounds great. And, and what, <laughs> what also is cool about Kansas City, the locals, we are a barbecue town, but when the locals say, what, what are your, or, or ask like, what are your top 10 restaurants? You're not even talking about barbecue yet. I mean, there are so many great restaurants and bars and fun things. And then maybe at number 25 or 30, you're starting to get into the uh, barbecue wow. restaurants. So it's just a fun, sort of like hidden gem in the middle of the country there. No one really talks about Kansas City or knows about it. And uh, it's fun to sort of help put it on the map a little bit. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's some pretty cool things happening yeah. out there. And thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of that with the residents in Hanover. Anytime. And hey, go Chiefs. <laughs> All right, so I'm back in the uh, convention center, and I'm here with uh, Nick and Josh, um, two uh, young folks who are starting to make me feel older. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and they're both studying public administration. And, and maybe, Josh and Nick, tell us a little bit about kind of what you're working on, where you're from, what you're studying, and uh, why you came to the conference here. Okay, so my name is Nicholas. Um, I'm from University of South Florida. I'm currently in my MPA program. So we came here because we were involved in the student chapter. I'm the student chapter president in Florida and Josh here is a member and we came for the conference here. This is actually our second conference for both of us. Nice. Um, but I think the second one, and I was telling Josh and he was telling me too that is much more, we get a lot more from it because your first one, you don't know anybody. Right. You're getting connections and you're building. But the second time you come, you know some familiar faces, you know where to go, right, things right. to do. So I think I personally am getting a lot more out of the second one. Uh, which is this one, and there's a lot of student stuff to do for this one. We've like we've had like uh, we had a symposium where we had to uh, tackle like a community or a 
county issue and we had to make a presentation. I think we're going to present today at 4 p.m. Yeah. So there's a lot more things that students can get together, student sessions to do compared to the previous one. So as a student chapter president or as being involved in the MBA program, I, I'm getting a lot out of it. Hmm. That's great. And Josh, what about you? Um, I would say getting the best thing out of this conference has just been the networking. Yeah. You know, getting ready to, um, to meet people and just how open the higher-ups are to help us out, you know? Like, that means a lot, trying to give us guidance and wisdom. Um, even you, Alex, like, we've, we've talked to you for about seven minutes now, and uh, you've given us a lot of, like, advice about where we think we want to go, and um, we're just excited for the next steps in our career. That's exciting, and we definitely need, I mean, a lot of the conversations at these sort of conferences are about a lot of folks retiring from government right now, and that we need new people and uh, new generations coming in. What are uh, uh, some of the challenges or opportunities that you see? What's something that each of you like would really love? If you got to work on like one big issue in a local government capacity, what would that issue be? Um, I, and we were talking about this, um, I would say the structure. Um, anything to do to kind of tailor the structure to, I don't want to say modern time, but tailor, tailor the structure to um, how we can improve public administration as a whole. Right. Uh, because the whole top-down, like manager on top, hierarchy, it doesn't really work in a modern day time where it's like, you want a work environment where it's all inclusive, where the structure is flexible. And like, the modern day work environment is totally different from like, the old hierarchy thing. So like, right. I think structure, structure is really important. Right. Like, changing the structure so that we can get a lot more out of like, public administration as a whole. So, so rethinking yeah. some assumptions yes. and right, redesigning yeah. some things yeah. is great. And, and what about what about you, Josh? What do you think? Uh, at a local level, although I see this at every level, I'd say probably the biggest thing to uphold is individual freedoms. Mm. I think that's extremely important. Uh, making sure that there's enough opportunity for everyone who's willing to mm. and qualified to do so. So um, I think as long as the local government level uh, conveys to the people that they're willing to help uphold freedoms, the people will be able to get involved and get behind policies and stuff. Right. So. Have either of you ever been to New Hampshire? No. no. We're going to say, come up in a couple months yeah. when it starts snowing. Yeah. If you're from Florida, and yeah. you know, that's going to be quite the experience. Yeah, Florida has never seen snow, so. No, and not like we've got up there. Yeah, like yeah. Florida don't do cold really well. Like, even when it hits like 70s, everybody's wearing a jacket. Even when it's like in the 80s, yeah. right. kids wearing jackets. Right. So. And if you come up to New Hampshire in the winter, yeah. you will see people in like 10 degrees walking around in you know, shorts, oh <laughs> riding their bike to work in the snow and ice. And it is a, it is an interesting, I'm still adjusting because I've only been there for a year. So, yeah. wow. But it was really great to meet you both and just thank you for uh, your interest and passion in coming into this field. And yeah, yeah. so yeah, thank, thank you. you. And uh, we'll make sure to bring our snowshoes and come visit sometime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come prepared. Yeah. Extra jackets and Extra, Extra jackets for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, so I'm here with Dustin Stambaugh, the city administrator in Ellsworth, Kansas. Uh, Dustin, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. So tell us a little bit about uh, Ellsworth. Ellsworth is a community of about 3,000 residents. We have two major manufacturers, Cashco. Uh, they produce a lot of uh, parts for your pump systems and all that. Okay. Um, we also, and farming equipment is our other major commodity. And we've got a state prison, which okay. helps with the revenue. 
And so you're coming from Colorado to Kansas. What has that transition been like? Uh, it, I have to adjust to the uh, rural mindset mm. and more of the conservative mindset. But overall, yeah, they their neighborly, their friendliness, mm-hmm. their support of their community is huge, and they've accepted my my family, and uh, I am blessed. That is great. We were talking a little just a moment ago about some of the similarities between the sort of very small town neighborly culture in New England and out in the Midwest as well. Uh, and so we're out in Austin, Texas, obviously, ICMA conference. Is this your first one? And if it is... It's my first national. Okay. And what brought you out here? What were you sort of hoping to get out of it? I am interested in bridging the rural and urban divide. Hmm. In Kansas, there is a disparity between a resource allocation between the urban areas and the rural areas. Specifically, my focus is on uh, uh, public works infrastructure and getting our pipes updated because our pipes, like most, are really old. That sounds super interesting. And have you found like co- like panels and workshops here that speak to some of that? Absolutely. So some good ideas to take back home. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, anything else you want to share with the residents of Hanover, New Hampshire? Uh, thank you for allowing Alex to come here. And it was a, I, I, lo- I enjoy connecting with people like him. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll get to stay in touch. It sounds like we've got some similar things that we're working on in our yes. communities. So thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Alex. All right, so back in the Austin Convention Center, um, and I've been having an interesting conversation with some folks from West Point, Utah. Um, And so, Kyle, you're the city manager out there. Tell us a little bit about West Point, Utah. All right, well, West Point is in the northern Davis County area of of the state, um, north of Salt Lake, south of Ogden, just to the west of Hill Air Force Base, and um, nestled right next to the Great Salt Lake. And we are a city of about 12,000 population, a very fast-growing community. Um, Our build-out population is probably close to 40,000, so we have a lot of room for growth. Um, That's probably the biggest challenge that we have right now, but we have a new state highway coming through the city and some opportunities that that can bring us with uh, a new interchange and some retail and commercial development. we have uh, some of the big issues for the state, though, are, are affordable housing and and, um, and and just accommodating and, and trying to capture the growth that's coming into the state over the next 20 or 30 years. And uh, for West Point, a lot of that's coming to us because we're some of the last remaining open property in, in our county. And um, so we're dealing with annexations, um, like I said, new highway coming through and just growth and development, and um, but it's a, it's a great place, um, very family-friendly feeling in our community and, and throughout the Wasatch Front, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun place to be, lots, of, lots going on. And I was saying, uh, on my trip two years ago, spent some wonderful time out in Utah, some of the clearest, darkest skies I've ever seen, beautiful landscapes. Do you get like a, is there like a tourism population that comes through, like looking for natural recreation kind of stuff too? Yeah, for sure there is. We have five national parks in Utah. um, So there's a huge, huge uh, tourism industry. Um, Most of that is is in the southern part of the state. um, And there are lots of, you get down into those national parks and and the sky is amazing. You can see 
millions of stars and it's it's just a, a great a great place to go visit and and see um, up, up in our part of the state in the winter time there's there's a lot of skiing and snowboarding so that industry is, is really popular and and big um, but there's lots to do recreation wise in the state of Utah nice well, thanks for sharing a little bit about uh, your community. Now, is there anything that you were specifically hoping to learn about coming to uh, ICMA here? And it sounded like you all had come here. This is not your first year. Um, any workshops or topics that really stuck out with you? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I love coming to ICMA for just the the networking, the kind of getting away from the day to day grind. Um, but yeah, there's been some some really good sessions. Probably my favorite one and. And one that's really on top of my mind right now is just new councils coming in. I went to a session on new council orientations and onboarding and, and just kind of connecting with those new council members and, and helping them understand what their new role is and how to help them be successful and, and um, educating them on, on how the city runs. So that was a really helpful um, session that I think I can take a lot from and, and help our new council as, as elections um, change those members out. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about that, and um, good luck with everything uh, back home in West Point, Utah. Thanks. So I'm in the uh, Austin Convention Center again, and I'm here with Alicia and Jen, and we just um, just they just finished up a really interesting panel. And uh, maybe Alicia and Jen, tell us a little bit about the towns where you're from, and um, and what brought you to ICMA at Austin this year. Sure. Well, I'm the assistant town manager for Winter Park, Colorado, which many probably know from visiting for skiing. We have a world-class ski resort. So We don't know anything about that in New Hampshire. It's a <laughs> truly terrible place to work. I'm just kidding. It's absolutely amazing. And how long have you been there? Uh, almost four years. Okay, cool. And I'm Jen Reichelt. I'm the deputy city administrator in Yuma, Arizona. It's southwest, as far south as you can get, really. We're about 10 minutes from Mexico. But it's oh, wow. a community of about 100,000. And uh, yeah, we're about, uh, we're a big agricultural community. If you eat any uh, winter greens, any greens in the winter, they're all coming from Yuma. So mm. it's a good place to be. And I've been there. I grew up there. Yuma's my hometown. I'd mm. left for a long time. I moved back during COVID. So I've been there about three years now. And what's it like being a manager in your hometown? Yeah, you know, I, if you'd asked me when I was 18, I'd be like, <laughs> hell no, I'm never coming back here. But I actually think now, looking back, it's been one of my best life decisions. Mm. I love the organization, and I really think being able to serve in a community that you have ties to it, it is really important. And it, it kind of makes my job feel even more important, or I feel like I want to do really good things for my community because I'm so invested. It's where my parents live. It's where my mm. family is. So... Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, that's pretty great. Oh, I was going to say, so this year we did a session on um, raising and elevating women's leadership. But next year, I think we should do the Colorado River because oh. I'm at the headwaters of the Colorado and Jen is where the Colorado would meet. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, we have water this year right now. So. And there's no debates or arguments about anything no, happening no, no, no. with the river. <laughs> Just another strange connection we have with <laughs> the Colorado River. Yeah. But I've been coming to ICMA, so I started in local government in 2000. I've pretty much been coming to ICMA conferences every year. There's probably three or four years I didn't make it, but it's been a big annual thing. I enjoy it. I think it's an opportunity to really hear what's happening in the profession. You hear from your colleagues, and I leave refreshed. Like It's mm. sort of like you're re-energized. You get excited about what you're doing. I think, too, it's easy at your desk 
in the day to day to get stuck in the details. Mm. And, you know, I just said the day to day, but the day to day. And, you know, as leaders, we really have to think about the long term and the higher level work. And it's sometimes hard to find space or time to think about that. And so coming to a conference like this helps resituate you in that long term, bigger level thinking. And I think that's often where I go home feeling yeah. re-energized. I think for me, I often hear, even though I'm in the Southwest, you may be facing the same issues in New Hampshire or folks in Massachusetts. Like, we're, our communities are all different, but a lot of the issues are the same, right? We're dealing right. with a lot of the same things that we want in our community, that our residents need, that are important to us. So everybody has different personalities, and everybody's community is different, but a lot of the issues are the same. And so it always, I think it reminds me that, because when we talk about what we're facing or dealing with, it's like, you're not alone. Like. I have colleagues in Colorado or Oregon who might be dealing with the same thing. Well, that's one of the nice things when you're in a room like this and, you know, someone brings up something and everybody in the room mm -hmm. agrees. And you're like, right, right. That thing that I thought was only in my head, mm -hmm. there's 5,000 other people here who are going through the very same thing. Exactly. And that is helpful. I think, too, local government can be a little bit of an isolating profession, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the the saying it's lonely at the top. Well, we have a couple people you can work with on that, but that's still pretty isolating. And so being able to go talk to colleagues who are operating at your same level and, and find that connection and see those commonalities, it also becomes your support network in the profession, right? Where some people have that with all of their colleagues at work, sometimes we have to go step outside to find that. Like Alicia and I met through an ICMA conference. We were on a panel together now four years ago. Yeah. It was all, Port we were on one in Portland, so I guess three or four years, yeah. But that's, we we kind of created and, and kept with that relationship. So it's been good to have that network and that, that friendship, but it's through ICMA. We yeah. never, we've never worked together. Right, that's interesting. That's a great example of why these gatherings are so valuable. Yeah, well thank you for um, doing all the work that you do and for doing the session today. And any final thoughts, especially if, I don't know, anybody listening who uh, isn't involved in local government and maybe is thinking about it as a way to make a difference in a kind of crazy world where we feel like a lot of things are sort of out of reach, especially, you know, we, there's been a lot of jokes throughout the last couple of days. What's happening at the federal level with the shutdown could never happen in our workplaces, right? We would never, we, there's just too much, A, we can't print money, um, but B, we just, it's too, there's too much accountability for making sure everything is working. Um, and I think there's a lot of young folks who are also interested in finding ways to have a really practical impact on the world. Any thoughts or advice yeah, for I, people? When I was in college, I knew I wanted to be involved in government, like, it, and I really thought I was going to end up in D.C. Like, that's where I saw myself. Like, that's where the decision makers are. That's where I can make a change. And I quickly realized after several trips to D.C. that they were not making changes that impacted my daily life. The decisions were that were really happening that impacted communities was happening at a local level. So I always say, when I talk to students, I talk about, like, local government is grassroots. Like, what we do at City Hall, the decisions we make impact people's daily lives. Like, your trash, your water, um, public safety, where we put in street lights. Like, those are things that impact people, um, their, their safety and, and their just how they get to work in the morning. So I feel like, for me, I would encourage people, like, you can really make a difference. You can have a lasting legacy and making by making your community where you live a better place. Mm. So I always frame it as 
in local government, you get to work on your community's most important problems. They might be the same right. all over the country, but you get to dive in and work on the problem of the day. And so, like, I get to work on a ton of affordable housing. Well, I think there's a lot of college students who are, like, really passionate about working right. on affordable yes. housing. Well, you could try to go to D.C. and work for HUD or one of the federal agencies, but I don't, I, when I see them at conferences, they don't look very happy. No. <laughs> and, and so I think, like, we get to go build actual affordable housing. Like we get to do ribbon cuttings for affordable housing. We made it happen even without federal subsidies. And so if you want to work on affordable housing, if you want to work on police reform, if you want to work on the problems of the day, local government is probably your space. Actually get to implement and make change. So it's not just the policy. We get to set, well, often our council sets policy, but we get to implement it. We make get to have recommendations into it, but we get to actually do the work, which is ex actually very exciting. And apologies to any really, really happy HUB employees. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. But you can't argue with the results at the local level and how practical it is. Yeah. Well, thank you both for sharing a little bit. Thanks, Alex. Thank you.